Hello and welcome to the much-anticipated return of the Pump the Brakes Formula One podcast. We've had all sorts of messages from all of you over the world telling us to get back going again. And we're finally back and hopefully we will be a little bit more regular now, not just of qualifying podcasts, but some post-race podcasts as well. This yep. week we are down in sunny... Oh, sorry, I haven't introduced uh, my co-host, Jeff DeWern Jarvis, who is over in Melbourne while I'm in Adelaide. Um, so we're making do with uh, doing it online here. Chester, how are you? Come on, Ted. How can you forget about me? <laughs> yes, Joe. Sorry about that. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm pumped for the for the uh, Portuguese Grand Prix. But uh, so, also sorry about the uh, the break. The very long break after our first episode. But yeah, yeah. We will be back on a more regular basis after after this. That's that's for sure. Well, that's the plan anyway. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> Okay, well, as you say, we are down in sunny Portugal this week at the Algarve International Circuit on the southernmost tip of Portugal, a location that is, to be honest, more of a roller coaster than a racetrack. Um, a personal favourite for me, we had some interesting moments there last year. Is this one of your favourite tracks? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I liked it. Last year was very interesting with the new um, with the new surface yeah. and, and also yeah. raining also. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if, it, if it's as good as last year, um, it, will, it will be a great race. Uh, some key characteristics of the track is a very tough turn one uh, that comes at the end of a very long straight. So it's a very fast corner and it's a corner where the exit just seems to disappear um, and track limits are, are a big issue there. Um, yep. There's five, five corners on the track which are monitored for track limits, so quite a few. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a very difficult track um, to get right. Uh, a lot of blind corners through the middle as well when you go up over that hill and then down the hill. Uh, and through the end, something we saw, we've seen already a lot um, through this weekend, very low grip section through turn 13 as you kind of come around that last huge swooping set of corners there. Yeah. Uh, so it was always going to be a great quality and uh, as we'll discuss later, uh, it definitely lived up to that. To start it off, seeing we were a bit late getting started this season, it is already uh, the third round. Um, in the words of, of my favourite uh, Formula One journalist, uh, let me cast your mind back uh, to the start, the start of the season, the testing, and there was a sound reverberating through the Formula One world. It was only a whisper at the start, but that sound was the expectation or that the hope that Red Bull was either on pace or perhaps, perhaps even faster than Mercedes. I was very hesitant to believe it, along with many other people at, at the time, after six long years of Mercedes dominance. But, Jester, after qualifying in Bahrain, those murmurs became a reality and it became off. We have a title fight on our hands here this year. Um, that Stappen pole in Bahrain, that was probably... The, the best moment of, of my life watching Formula One, realising <laughs> that it was going to be a good season. Yeah, well, I think it became clear that uh, Red Bull were faster, if not just as fast as Mercedes over one lap. Yeah. Uh, in Bahrain. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just continued on in uh, Imola. So, yeah. It's going to be a good season, I, I, I reckon and I hope. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we 
we, it will be remiss, remiss of us uh, not to talk about the one of the all-time great battles that we had between Hamilton and Verstappen there. Yeah. Um, they had everything that race. It had great strategy by Mercedes, tyre management, and attempt at overtake by Verstappen that he couldn't quite get mm-hmm. done there. Just quickly, what were your opinions on the whole track limits uh, question there? Obviously, Hamilton went off the track a lot throughout it, but yeah. eventually it was Verstappen who was done for the overtake that that he uh, exceeded track limits um, in order to do, so he had to give it back. Your opinions? Yeah, well, not not too much of an opinion, but, you know, I think it, it obviously affected the race, but it didn't, it's not like it um, completely put Verstappen out of the picture in total, so. Yeah. You know, I'm not, he, obviously Verstappen was annoyed and Hamilton, yeah, Hamilton did go off a few times, but, you know, it's not, not a horrendous. So. Yeah, that's right. And I think there is a big difference between going off the track just on a lap by itself and yep. going off the track in order to overtake someone. So mm. I think it was fair enough, the difference there. Yeah, uh, I don't think he would have got around him if he didn't go off. So No, that that's was... right. Yeah. And then just quickly on Imola, that race was just pure drama, really. We had crashes. Uh, a rare mistake from Hamilton and uh, sure. a brilliant race by Verstappen. Uh, and then quickly on that one, uh, what do you make of the, the now infamous Bottas and uh, Russell collision? Well, as much as Russell thought it was Bottas's fault, I don't really think anyone was at fault there. If it wasn't wet, I don't think it would have been a crash. But because, yeah. because it was wet and uh, like... Bottas didn't do anything illegal, and neither did Russell, but just Russell got scared, I think, by yeah. Bottas coming closer to him, and then, yeah, they touched, and the rest yeah. is history. I think, I think you're spot on there. That was just a racing incident in every mm-hmm. every meaning of the, of the word there. Yeah. Um, and I don't really think anyone would have been speaking about it too much if it wasn't for Russell's mm. uh, reaction. Yeah, for sure, which, for sure. Which was... Really, I think everyone can agree. It's pretty over the top there. Yeah, even <laughs> even he, even he would. Oh yeah, he, he does. Over the top, yeah. But um, but I think it does show just how focused Russell is, how keen he is to finally get some mm-hmm. points uh, for Williams, and um, yeah. you know, something that few people have spoken about since then. That is another thing that's maybe been glossed over a little bit is that a Williams was getting very close to overtaking Mercedes there. But uh, yeah, well, Bottas. That was a disappointing race there, definitely, by Bottas. Yeah, so. It was a tough race, but, um, yeah, it's just all the sign of the, the great, interesting season that we've got ahead of us. Yep. But here we are in round three, um, and uh, it was very interesting from the very start of the weekend um, with some kind of perplexing free practices. Everyone yep. really struggling with tyre temperatures and with the wind, especially through turn 14 at, at the top of the hill there. But really, the the kind of pattern that started to emerge that was that Red Bull was a lot better on the softs, and then Mercedes probably a bit better on the medium tyres. Yeah. Uh, and another key thing to come out of the practices was the Alpine improvement, um, mm-hmm. and then we'll see that as we'll talk about in a second. That did follow through into qualifying as well. So just to quickly um, wrap up the, the qualifying for you before we go into more specific discussions about each driver. In, in Q1, the big stories were Stroll and Ricardo both not getting through. Um, yep. Hamilton had some difficulties with track limits. And another big story was Alfa Romeo's pace in mm-hmm. both of them getting out of Q2. Um, yeah, was... 
That was incredible. Yeah, yeah. So some interesting things there. And then in, in Q2, um, it looked like um, it was a fight, going to be a fight between Hamilton and Verstappen, really, at that point. Hamilton had a great lap and 17.9, um, mm-hmm. that was there. And Verstappen wasn't far off either. But then coming into Q3, um, Verstappen went fastest, but then obviously he had that issue there, I think around turn four, where he went off track limits. Um, the lap was deleted. Yep. And then the wind, the wind just, just picked up ridiculously there and no one was able to improve on their second lap of Q3. Yep. And Bottas basically by default uh, got pole. Yeah, yep. Yeah, quite interesting there. And... Uh, I think Bottas got cold much to the dismay of the Mercedes pit wall. <laughs> did you did you notice that one? They didn't didn't wasn't the same elation as there might have been for Hamilton getting his 100th pole position. So yeah, well, 17 that's a pretty big milestone for for Bottas. 17th pole for Valtteri Bottas. So. Yeah, I think it was the same as Jackie Stewart. I think was the driver that uh, they said did the same amount of, of pole position. So yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's you know he does fly under the radar a bit for and often for good reason that we criticise him for not uh, fighting Hamilton as much as we might hope. But uh, yeah. he's getting some pretty good accolades uh, throughout his career. Mm-hmm. But now, on to the personal discussions. Uh, pole position, Valtteri Bottas. Chester, yep. summarise his, his weekend so far. Yeah, so like I, like I just mentioned, Bottas took his 17th, 17th pole of his career. He was, he was, it was very close. Uh, in Q3, very close between him and Lewis, only 0.007 ahead of Lewis Hamilton, Bottas was. So yeah, it was a, it was a close um, battle between him and Hamilton, which I think is good. We've, all, we've always been asking for Bottas to get closer and close the gap on Lewis to make uh, you know a bit more competitive, even between the same team. So that's good. And he was, Bottas was the only driver to improve on it, all of his times, Q1, Q2, and Q3. So, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah, it was a very solid weekend, I would, I would say. Very solid yeah. like for, for Bottas so far, and a much-needed one after, quite frankly, disastrous weekend uh, last week. Um, yeah, he really, he really did need this qualifying to be a good one because he didn't get any points last week. So Yeah, but yeah. the big... The big test for Bonas is has always been the races and whether he can convert this into a win over Hamilton here, uh, yeah. and that would be very interesting. And second was Hamilton himself, um, and as we said earlier, he he got the fastest time by almost four tenths on the medium tyres in Q2, um, but then went onto the softs early in Q3, and that didn't work for him at all. Then went back onto the mediums for his final one of Q3, but at that time the wind just picked up ridiculously there were just basically it looked like they were you know doing some sort of dance with the steering wheel just trying to keep it stable there um and uh basically nobody could get a good time there and the fact that he wasn't faster than than bias on the soft tires in in q3 meant that he he didn't get the the pole position so as simple as that Uh, but i think more broadly hamilton he doesn't have the car on rails this year as he seemed to last year not in, in every condition last year and for the past few years. He's just seemed to, no matter where you go, he's just right hitting the apex of every turn, no matter what. But it is different this year. And I think 
everyone would agree that that's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think I've uh, covered Max Verstappen here as well, haven't I? Um, yeah. He yep. was, as we spoke about earlier, originally fastest in Q3, despite him running wide, but track limits, it, the rules very fixed on that. Um, even if it was a mistake as it was, um, you can't run wide. And uh, his second run, he was very, it was, the Red Bull was just extremely twitchy through the middle section of the lap with those pretty fast corners there. Um, and then I think at the end of the lap, as he was rounding turn 14 at the top of the hill there, I think he had Vettel on his yeah. last, this was, he had Vettel in front of yeah. him. He complained a bit about uh, some issues there, just kind of, you know, just unfortunate or anything more untoward, would you say there? Yeah, I don't think I don't think there was anything really to it. Just you know, it happens. Traffic, as yeah, a, as a part of qualifying, there's always going to be traffic. Just it was unlucky that his um his time that got deleted because his time that got deleted was incredible. It was so much faster than Bottas's pole time. But mm. um, yeah. yeah, he just unlucky that Vettel was in the way, gave him some traffic. But yeah, you can't get you can't really get too annoyed at a driver for just being on the track. Like, no. It's not, not like he did anything that he wasn't allowed to do. So. No, that's right. Just unfortunate for Verstappen. But uh, he would be a little bit dis- like what well, you could see after the race. He was very disappointed with not being able to get pole. And for good reason as well, because in the first race of the season, obviously wasn't able to convert that pole position. And then here also, you know, starting third, even with, especially in qualifying, what we think is the best card, they're not really converting that into the amount of points that they might have wanted Red Bull, uh, yeah. especially considering how we know Mercedes can improve throughout the season. It is a little bit worrying for them. So uh, he'll be hoping to to get to uh, try and uh, get a win tomorrow, uh, today. So now on to Sergio Perez. Yeah, well, Sergio Perez, another good qualifying for him after he qualified, where did he come last he was second, sorry. He yeah. was second last last race. Wasn't able to um, transform that into a good race. It wasn't a very good race for him at all last last week. But, um, yeah, so I think that's the main question because he's been good good on qualifying the last two weeks in Imola and now in Portugal. But it's just whether he can um, translate that qualifying speed into keeping his position in the race. Yeah, and if if he can keep his position in the race, it'll um, really help Verstappen and Red Bull. Having two Red Bulls up there, Verstappen basically never had that. So, especially not last year or the year before. So, yeah, that that's for sure. Um, it would be good to see. We haven't seen it yet. Two Red Bulls against two Mercedes. But yeah, it looks like there's a good chance of seeing that uh, tonight. Okay, yeah, and sure, sure. Carlos Sainz um, came fifth. Uh, it was really just good, solid improvement um, throughout the three qualifyings for Carlos Sainz. Um, he was slower than Ocon and Norris in Q1 and Q2. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the Ferrari in general did look a, a bit slower than, than Ocon's Alpine, at least, and, and the McLaren's. But then he jumped them in, in Q3. Uh, so he made yeah. it work in bad conditions, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and ahead of Leclerc, by three tenths of a second, um, yeah, which uh, which is very impressive from a driver who's come to Ferrari. Uh, this is his first season at um, at Ferrari, um, and 
he really did seem to have outperformed the car there with that qualifying. Yeah, uh, sure. because you no, know, Ferrari's pace wasn't quite there for for most of the, in the practices as well. It didn't look like it was quite there. It may have been part the Alpine and McLaren underperforming in Q3, but um, yeah. overall a very good performance. And starting P5, um, that's looking very tasty for him. That's for sure. Yeah, well, as you said, Ocon and Norris are both faster than Sainz, but then they just they sort of fell off. Like their their yeah. times in Q3 were nowhere near as good as their times in Q2 or Q1. But yeah, I think it's still it's not a hundred percent that Sainz still obviously had to drive very well in qualifying, and that's a good sign, especially that he in only his third race for his new team is faster than his teammate. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very good signs. Okay, Esteban Ocon, uh, position six. Yeah, well, Ocon, Ocon, it was a, it was a good, good qualifying for Ocon. He was uh, very quick during Q two and Q one, as as we we just covered, faster than faster than Carlos Sainz, and uh, a lot. He was faster than his. He was a lot faster than his teammate uh, Alonso. So. Yeah, this, that's the main two metrics that you can go on. He's a lot, yeah, he's, Alonso is being a bit disappointing in my opinion, but we'll get on to him later. But yeah, Ocon, Ocon, a good, good qualifying for Ocon. Would have been nice to see him be a bit, uh, bit better in Q3 compared to his Q2 and Q1. But um, yeah, nothing you can really, it's not, definitely not disappointing his, his qualifying. Yeah, for sure. I think the bigger question will be how they can do in the race. I think there was a few commentators suggesting that the Alpine, it's improved, it's won that pace in qualifying, as Ocon showed, but its actual race pace, you may see it get overtaken by Norris and, and Leclerc, who are behind him. So, yeah. yeah. Now, position seven, Lando Norris. Uh, he got the third fastest time of the weekend in Q2, but yeah. then as... As with Ocon in front of him, he lost five tenths of his time in Q3. Yeah. Uh, he spoke about bad traffic potentially being the cause of that, but overall, incredibly outperformed Ricardo. And mm-hmm. P7 isn't a bad spot to start with, as we know, a very good McLaren race pace. So he'll be um, still expecting uh, a good race uh, today. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Lando, Lando's. My favorite, one of my favorites, and it's always good to see him having so much, so much extra pace over his over his teammate. So mm. he's been very consistent to start the season, really. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, having said that, he did have a few issues last week. Obviously, almost going second fastest, but exceeding track limits. So yeah. he's it kind of is a bit of a story of just almost there. He's almost really actually challenging the Mercedes and Red Bulls, but yeah, quite quite there yet. But yeah, just. Overwhelmingly positive signs for him. Now, Charles Leclerc. Yeah, onto Charles Leclerc. Um, disappointing, obviously, for Charles Leclerc that he was slower than his teammate, who is a, a new driver at, at Ferrari. But, you know, he was... You know, it sounds a bit strange, but it's not too disappointing because he's not, he's not, like, been... Well, he sort of has been blown out by science, but... um. You know, he's always a good in-race driver and I think it's a big call, but I think he's gonna, he will finish uh, above Carlos Sainz. So, 
Mm. Not too disappointing for Leclerc. Yeah, well, your favourite driver is Lando Norris and my favourite is Charles Leclerc. I yep. just love the, the honesty that, that he has and the mm-hmm. high, the kind of quintessentially French sort of frankness in, in, his, in uh, his interviews. After the race, he just said, I was not good enough, not good enough at all. And uh, he's yep. always hard on himself and that potentially sometimes um, he, does, he is too hard on himself and it's maybe to his detriment, but yep. he's, an, he's an incredibly good driver and this will only fuel him to be even more dominant. Um, and yeah, he's, he's going to be pushing very hard to get past Norris and Ocon and his teammate of science. So potentially in the race, we, we, it could be better for us from a spectator's standpoint to potentially see him get, have some good overtakes to, to try and get forward. But yep. in P9 was the AlphaTauri of Pierre Gasly. And, you know, they, their pace wasn't quite as good as it had been um, in the first two races of the season. And he was never near, uh, neither of them were ever near the Ferraris or, or the Alpines or the McLarens um, in their practices. So I think he would be very happy uh, with a P9. Um, yep. Obviously, outperformed Sonoda as well. Um, as you would probably expect from the more experienced driver. But, yep, they have good race pace and P9 is definitely a position where he can make some damage from. Yep, yep. Okay. Now, on to Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Very, very good qualifying by Sebastian Vettel. He, he said himself that things were starting to click finally for him at Aston Martin. He'd been struggling with the consistency of the car and he'd also been struggling with finding rear end stability with his Aston Martin. But yeah, a, a P10 is good, is very good for Vettel. One of his best qualifyings he's had in a while, in my opinion. So yeah, it's a good, good, good sign for him faster than his teammate Lance Stroll by a lot. So yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's a good sign for Vettel. He's had a lot of, He's been not very good over the last couple of years, really. But, um, yeah, I think he's starting to find his pace and things are really starting to click with him at Aston Martin. So. Yeah, you can only hope. It was yeah. only, it wasn't, wasn't an incredibly good performance. You know, Pete, uh, he's, that from his lofty standards of, of yesteryear, he's definitely um, would expect more than that. And even just not so much the positions, he said himself after the race that he did leave a bit out there. But uh, for sure, it's a drastic improvement on um, his first two races. The first time he's got into Q3 since the British Grand Prix last year, I think it was 17 races or something. So, yeah, yeah the only way is up for Vettel, that's for sure. But yeah. in P11, uh, P11, another driver who the only way is up, um, George Russell. Again, similar to science, just in brilliant improvement throughout the qualifying sessions. Um, he was 15th in Q1, only just snuck through into Q2. Um, but then in Q2, he was one-tenth ahead of his next best and only one-tenth behind Pierre Gasly um, in, in Q3, uh, who got into Q3. So he's, yep. it's for a couple of seasons now, he's just been so close so close to getting those first points, so close to getting through to Q3, and it's only a matter of time, I think, until we do see him. Yeah. Yeah, he's made it very clear that he's determined and very focused on getting points, and uh, he's also, he's shown that he's very passionate 
and competitive about about the racing as we saw last last week with Bottas with his com- confrontation with Bottas. So yeah, he's he's definitely on the right direct on the right track to get points sometime. So yeah, that's for sure. Okay, and Antonio Giovinazzi, a good performance by him in P12. Yeah, one of the surprises of the of the qualifying, I think, was Alfa Romeo's pace in general. It was Giovinazzi and Raikkonen, but Giovinazzi, P, P12, faster than a lot of teams that you would say were better than Alfa Romeo, including Alpine, Alfa Tauri, McLaren and Aston Martin. And yeah, he's very... He's really improved a lot since the start of last year. If you think back, start of last year, I didn't think he was very good. One of the most irrelevant drivers in F1, in my opinion. But yeah, he's really, he's really improving a lot. Mm. And uh, becoming uh, the leader of Alfa Romeo and learning a lot from Raikkonen's experience. And almost, I reckon, a better driver than Raikkonen now. So, Well, yeah, definitely in qualifying, he is starting to, to get the wood over Raikkonen. Um, and another driver who improved from Q1 to Q2, which I always like to, to see too. Yep. So, but Fernando Alonso uh, in P13, not such a good performance from him. Seven tenths behind Ocon um, <laughs> and seven places. The worst difference of the season from him so far after qualifying in, in the first race. Um, everyone yep. has looked his praises about how good he is in qualifying, but he really did struggle today. We'll talk later about circumstances for him um, that kind of made it look worse than it actually was. But the reality is that throughout all the practices and everything, Arta showed that the Alpines were a better race car. They did have a better race car than the Ferraris and potentially even the McLarens and Alonso was just nowhere near that. Yeah, if you remember back to our inaugural first episode, he was... I did not believe in the hype around Fernando Alonso coming back at all. And so far, I've just been proven right, in my opinion. You know, he's old. He's a bit washed. I reckon I would have been better going with Oscar Piastri. Gee, some some real burns coming out here today. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's a fair point you make. So far, the evidence only shows that. But it's just another... Interesting element of this season of whether the older drivers, who some are saying are washed, whether they can actually um, get back to their old form. But in P14 was Yuki Tsunoda. Yeah, Yuki Tsunoda. We'll talk more about him later. But um, Yuki Tsunoda, you know, he was a lot slower than Pierre Gasly. How much was he slower? He was around... Uh, oh. Four tenths, roughly. Yeah, around four tenths. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. He was around, yeah, four tenths slower than Pierre Gasly, his teammate. But he's a he's the new driver on the team, young guy, had a lot of hype around him recently. But you know, not too bad. Not too bad for for Tsunoda. Obviously would have hoped for a better better qualifying, but I think he'll. I think he'll do quite well in the race and challenge for points. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, for a rookie, can't blame him too much for things there. Yeah, he's gonna uh, have. He's gonna have down races. So. For sure. And in P15, it was Kimi Rock. 
sense behind Giovinazzi and had a tough has had a tough weekend so far. He's spun a few times, but he's in a good position to start the race, and we know how good his race craft is. So I'm looking forward to a good performance by him in the race. Now on to Daniel Ricciardo. This one was definitely very disappointing and very surprising, actually. I was def- definitely not expecting Ricardo to not even make it out of Q1. No. And um, if you had to tell me that a McLaren would be slower than a Williams and an Alfa Romeo and two Alfa Romeos, yeah. I, would have, I would have thought you were crazy. But Yeah, it does look very... Yeah, Ricardo, disappointing, disappointing effort by Ricardo, But... Um, a lot, a lot slower than his teammate. Obviously, uh, Lando Norris qualifying P seven and Ricardo's P sixteen. So, but he isn't. He is a new driver. So while it is disappointing, you can't read too much into it. He's le- he's just learning the car. It's only his third race. So. Yeah, yeah, and I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, yeah, really, you can. Excuse being a bit behind your teammate, but that much, it does inevitably start to raise questions, uh, for yeah. sure. And behind him was another driver with a disappointing performance, Lance Stroll. He was five tenths behind Vettel, and unlike Alonso and Ricardo, he has been at, well, racing point, which is now Aston Martin for a few years now. So, mm-hmm. really, you would expect him to have a better control of the car um, in different conditions such as this. But he did struggle at this course last year as well. I remember he was very much off the pace of um, Perez. I'm not exactly sure, but I don't think he got into Q3 last year. And in the race, he also struggled crashing against, um, I think, I forget who I was, into Q1. He had a very dramatic collision, perhaps into one of the McLarens, I think. But he does really seem to struggle at this course and more generally at tracks that... Um, require tyre management and tracks that have a lot of tyre degradation. We saw Turkey, despite getting the the pole position um, in wet conditions, then in the race, um, he just could not manage the tyres at all and fell back down horribly. So I think that's the biggest thing that he needs to work on, Lance Stroll, uh, is managing the tyres more and in conditions as we had over the weekend with the wind and all the different elements of the tracks, just still being able to get, get that, that strong time. But it's been a pretty good season so far, wouldn't we say, from Stroll. We can let him off for this one, can't we? Yeah, for sure. And we all know his team owner will, so. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, we won't go there. But <laughs> the Tiffy, position 18. Not really too much to talk about with Nick Latifi. He's, uh, you know... I was expecting him to come 18th, 18th really, only in front of the two the two Haas drivers, Schumacher and Mazepin. So, yeah, not not too much to talk about. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree there. Mick Schumacher. Oh, I've got him, don't I? Um, solid improvement again for Mick Schumacher. He's staying comfortably ahead of Mazepin in qualifying. Um, and as we know, it's really all about gaining the experience this year um, in order to perform well at the Formula One level. And I don't really think there's anything we've seen so far that has suggested that he won't be able to to really perform well in Formula One once he gets that experience. Yeah. But Nikita Mazepin, would you say the same about him? Obviously, similar mm. disappointing performance. 
But uh, yeah, well, Nikita Mazepin, what, almost four tenths slower than Schumacher? Yeah, which is, the, I think, the least of the season so far. Yeah. So it's yeah. a bit of improvement, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, Mazepin, it's hard to tell, really, because he makes some mistakes in race and is not very well liked, let's just say, off off the track. But he's he's got potential, I think. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think he's got as much potential as uh, Mick Schumacher, but, you know, he could be a solid F1 driver further on in his, in his F1 career. But, you know, yeah. just got to cut down on some of the mistakes and then he might be okay. Yeah, I agree. I, I unlike many, I want to, to like Nikita Mazepin. I, I want to think that he is good enough at the Formula 1 level. And we might speak about him in more depth in um, future episodes, but... He did have some outright fantastic performances in F2 last season. He beat yep. Bumac on, on a few occasions even. He definitely does have a certain level of talent, um, but whether he can consistently use it in Formula 1 is another question. But mm-hmm. that sums up our qualifying review. Now on to our famous section <laughs> of the podcast. It's time for Pump the Brakes. <laughs> Take us away with your pump the brakes. Yeah, my pump the brakes is Yuki Tsunoda and his his uh, the hype around his first race and Red Bull even getting involved. He's don't get me wrong, he's very high potential and a very good young driver. But with Red Bull coming out saying that they're not going to burn a rough diamond by um, promoting him and everyone talking about how he might be with Red Bull next season and all the hype around him. You just gotta cool, cool, cool down a bit, pump the brakes. He's he's still very young and it's still very, as as Red Bull actually said, a rough diamond. Very, um, still not definitely not polished, definitely not the final product of what he will be. So I think I think it would be good for him to stay with AlphaTauri for a few years and just develop while there's not too much pressure on him to to perform and win races and yeah, because he's he's. He's a good prospect. He's a very good prospect, very high potential, but he's still not quite, he's obviously still not quite there for, to be racing for one of the top teams. That's for sure, yeah. Hype is a very dangerous thing sometimes, and uh, yeah. I think it, it's good by Red Bull to to show that hesitancy and to, to not engage in, in that kind of talk. And yeah, I think it can be, yeah, as I said, a very bad element of media to, to, to to jump to conclusions on these kind of things, just give it some time. It's been it's been two races, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Now my pump the brakes is on the general writing off of Valtteri Bottas's chances of winning the world championship this season. Now it seems like he does say this every season, but he does seem different this season, just in terms of his clarity of purpose, I guess you could say. And, even just in the way he talks in interviews, just he seems to be focused. He seems to have put out all the other externalities this season and is very focused on actually really challenging Hamilton. He's been there for, what, five years now. He knows all Hamilton's games now. Potentially even that sort of aggression against Russell, that slight moving, that just unwillingness, even if it was just a sort of instinctive thing, that unwillingness to, to let himself be overtaken by Williams. Um, I think he's a different person this season. 
and uh, yep. I think it's time to pump the brakes on the Bottas hate. Yeah, well, I agree. And I think possibly the um, George Russell obviously raced for Mercedes in one race last year. And I think the scare that I think uh, Bottas got scared by how good George Russell was. And um, all the talk about how George Russell could be with Mercedes, which, again, I don't think is a possibility for at least a few years. But, and I think that sort of woke him up that he needs to start challenging for winning, actually winning races, not just coming second. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, it's, uh, again, we may be sort of willing it into existence because I think everybody wants to see him do well. Uh, we've already got a great two-horse race in our hands with Verstappen and Hamilton, and the signs are there for sure that Bottas could make it a three-horse one, um, yep. which would just be an incredible season. And now it's time for our penultimate uh, section of this show, which we call Anything, Something or Nothing at All, which is basically where we take an event um, from the weekend so far, or um, in this case, I think from any of the races that we've had so far, and say if that tells you anything, something or nothing at all. Chester, what's yours for this week? Yeah, so mine is all the talk about how Hamilton's been saying that he wants to return next year. So I think, I actually think there was more of a chance of Hamilton not returning for this season than there is of Hamilton not returning for next season. Because he's said before that he likes the competition. He likes having people challenging him for winning races. And last year, that just wasn't, there wasn't anyone challenging him. Every, every race was a, basically a foregone conclusion that he was going to win unless something absolutely crazy happened. But now we've got Red Bull, obviously, are very fast. And Perez and Verstappen are both looking pretty, pretty good, obviously, for Perez and very good for Verstappen. And as you said, Bottas is, Bottas is looking concentrated and focused. He looks like he could be good. So I think because Hamilton Lewis likes the, um, likes the competition and likes, likes actually racing against people, not just being out by himself, I think that he'll, there's not really any reason to talk about him not coming back next year. Yeah, it's a good point you make. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I think I would, I would have to agree with that. Okay, now mine for today is the fact of Ricardo and Alonso being so much slower than their teammates. Ricardo was 1.4 seconds behind. 1.4 seconds, that's an incredible amount. And Alonso, 0.7 seconds. So I can say this is something. It definitely does show that they are struggling with, especially on this track, but it is extremely inflated this amount there is no way that Ricardo is 1.4 seconds slower than Norris on that or that Alonso is 7 tenths of a second slower than Ocker I think and Zach Brown actually spoke about this sort of for the race the the unique nature of this track how difficult it is to get the tyres um, into the right into the right temperature and to work that final sector it it exacerbates the problems that new drivers are having with the car so it would be far too hasty for us to say that you know Ricardo um, is being genuinely outpaced by Norris uh, and the same with Alonso um, and I think it won't be too long until we do start to see Ricardo genuinely challenging. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I agree for sure. Ricardo is obviously a very good driver, as we saw last year. And as even though Norris is also very good, that doesn't take away from the uh, the chance of Ricardo really challenging him and being just as good as him. And yeah, I, I definitely agree with your with your something nothing movies. Very good. Okay, now to finish off this podcast for today, it's time for our big predictions about the race ahead. Chester, who do you think is going to win first off? Well, I'd like to say Valtteri Bottas. I'd like to think that he'll keep his pole position, which is obviously a bit of a boring prediction. But uh, my prediction is actually further down in the in the in the order. I think that Leclerc will end up fourth. He'll come. He'll overtake. Norris, Ocon, Sainz and Perez and um, yeah, finished fourth just outside the podium but I can't see him overtaking any of the top three but yeah, I don't I don't think that after all the talk about how he's slower than Sainz in qualifying, I think he'll come back in the race and really put the pedal to the metal and overtake four people which, was, which would be incredible Okay, that's quite a big call we've made there and we'll definitely see some fantastic driving by him if that uh, does turn out to be true my prediction is perhaps even more hopeful than than yours and it's for Russell to get points I think this will be the race Um, probably he's going to need one of the top 10 to crash or to have some sort of issue I don't really see him overtaking Vettel or or Gasly or anyone or maybe Vettel if if he really is as bad as some of us fear um, I just feel like it's time the luck turns for Russell. And my yep. prediction for the race win um, it goes along a similar vein. Following up what I was saying earlier, I think Bodas is going to hold on for this time. But yep. again, I, I may just be trying to will that into existence and probably I will be great disappointed yet again. Yeah. I, uh, our last episode, Bodas had pole again. And... Um, we were talking about whether Bottas could win in Russia again, and I said no, and then he did. So that's right. Never, right. never bet against Bottas. Maybe we are. Maybe we are a good luck chance for without be Bottas, our podcast. So, well, I'll tell you this: if he wins, we'll never miss another episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a guarantee. That's an exclusive guarantee, dear listeners. We will <laughs> capitalize on that. But no matter what. I think it is a guarantee that it is going to be a brilliant race um, from so many different elements to it. Um, And we will be back with you after it tomorrow uh, discussing all the events. Thank you for listening to us today. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you very much, Chester. Happy watching.